This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Are you itching for new Star Wars content? Join us. It is your destiny. And we're here to remind you that you're listening to The Scarif Podcast, a Star Wars podcast with a lemony twist. (laughs) He's not wrong. So grab your sunscreen and your blasters, because it's always sunny on Scarif. How freaking cool is that? (laughs) Insert sound effect here. Roll it again. And that's the scuttlebutt. We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. Welcome, everybody, to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. It is great to have you with us. Today, we're going to be doing some Tatooine hot takes. What the hell is that? We'll tell you in a minute. But first, I want to introduce my co-host here, the Scuttle to my butt. I think I said that right. Ro, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are going to have some fun. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, you know, Mandalorian's been here, there, and everywhere. We've been talking about that. We had a, sh- had a show on that, but, uh, you know, that's not the only thing going on in the Star Wars universe. It's a very big galaxy. So we're going to talk about some random stuff. We asked you guys some questions on the interwebs, and you gave us some interesting questions. And uh, Ro and I even are going to ask each other some questions uh, that we don't know are coming. So this should be an interesting episode. But uh, Ro, how, how's it, how's everything going right now for you? Everything is fantastic. You know, uh, you proposed this show. Uh, we wanted to get kind of back into just having a little bit of fun. I know we do a lot of these deep dives, and uh, those deep dives are a hell of a lot of fun. But uh, we also want to kind of, uh, you know, give you guys something to chew uh, chew on uh, in between the deep dives. We we don't want to uh, totally, uh, you know, uh, bury you in in serious stuff, but. Uh, you know, we just uh, dropped our uh, Mandalorian review episode two, and I hope you guys uh, listen to that. But uh, we're gonna have fun tonight. This is uh, this is gonna be a really good one. And thank you, everybody, on Twitter for submitting your questions. Uh, those are some really great questions that we'll get to in a minute. But uh, yeah, definitely, we're gonna have some fun tonight. Yep. I mean, I say we get right to it. You know, we get some questions. Uh, I'll th- I'll wait a second to throw one of my curveballs at you. But uh, I think we should uh, get this ball rolling with a uh, listener question. And this came via Twitter. And we got Chancellor Faust. Uh, this is Chancellor JP on Twitter, at Chancellor Faust. And uh, we'll go with, what planet would you retire on and why is it Naboo? But uh, seriously, uh, which planet would you retire on if you were in the Star Wars universe? Oh, that's a great question. It came from who? Uh, Chancellor Faust. Excellent. Thank you very much for that question, Chancellor Faust. So, you know, I remember uh, either we generated a poll that kind of had a similar question or we participated in a poll. And uh, I know for me personally, I, you know, you know, obviously Naboo is a peaceful planet. It's got forests. It's got, uh, you know, peaceful pastures. It's a perfect place to retire. 
as uh, as everyone knows. But um, you know, I tell uh, friends when I go uh, when I drive out of the city and I either go to the suburbs or, or, or I'm a little bit on vacation or I take these cross country trips for work. Um, I kind of get a little nervous when I don't see uh, buildings that uh, have more than five floors. So I'm uh, kind of a city uh, city boy. Um, I love the hustle and bustle of, of urban environment. Uh, obviously, living in Chicago, uh, we've got some great uh, skyscrapers. We've got uh, we've definitely got the hustle and the bustle here in Chicago. So I, I, I want to say, uh, Coruscant, I'm okay with retiring on uh, on a planet as busy and uh, as uh, I don't know, as as rich in in character and form as as Coruscant. So I'm going to go with Coruscant, and obviously the reason is because if I'm in a peaceful place, I get a little nervous, Brad. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be on uh, level thirteen, thirteen there with you. Um, you know, just <laughs> just like New York City or Chicago, you know, whatever food you're in the mood for, I don't think you need to go more than two blocks to get it. Oh, my God, that's right. Yep, so uh, for that reason, I'm also going with Coruscant, because whatever you want, whatever, you know, and they got the whole galaxy there, so whatever galactic cuisine you want, you don't have to go more than, you know, you can go right down to Dex's Diner or uh, whatever other uh, eating establishment you want to and get whatever you want. So, yeah, we are both going to retire on Coruscant. Absolutely. You know, I, I took a business trip uh, a couple of weeks ago to Delaware, and uh, all we had was, uh, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Texas Roadhouse. So uh, I, I really missed the pizza. I missed the uh, the Mexican food. I missed uh, a lot of the uh, food that uh, we take for granted here in Chicago. So yes, Coruscant it is. Yep. And you know what you do with Delaware is you just pass right through it. <laughs> yeah. One listener in Delaware, I apologize, <laughs> but I'm not changing my statement. There's nothing to see. I used to live here. You're going to die here. Convenient. That's hilarious, yes. All right, you got a question for us? I do have a question for us, uh, again, from Twitter. Let's see, what do we got here? Uh, this one is. Uh, this one comes from one of our patrons uh, on Twitter, and uh, patron of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, Joey Rosales. Uh, good guy. Thank you very much, Joey, for your patronage and your support. Um, this one is going to be, I think you kind of hinted at your answer uh, in the previous episode that we just recorded. Um, but uh, I, I, I want to, I'm interested to find out what everybody else thinks. Uh, the question is from Joey Rosales, who is the better bounty hunter, Din Djarin or Boba Fett? Would it be politically incorrect to say we'll see? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think we will. Uh, you know, we had limited uh, visibility of Fett during the original trilogy. Uh, we do have some, you know, um, uh, idea of how good he is from the Clone Wars series when he was, you know, still a teenager and yeah. obviously being trained by Django uh, already had a lot of prowess uh, for the trade. Um, and of course, you know, if you read the comic books and, you know, everything else, they, they talk about how good of a bounty hunter Fett is. But uh, on screen, we've seen, uh, seen uh, Din Djarin work and he's got some uh, pretty good abilities. But uh, I think we will actually see. And, but uh, I'm still going to lean towards Fett on this one. Yeah, definitely. You know, you talk about Din Djarin's uh, special abilities. I don't, I don't know how special they are if he has to rely on a homing beacon. I mean, I can use a homing beacon. True, true. And he did just get a jetpack. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I think uh, we're both in agreement that uh, Boba Fett uh, is probably the more uh, talented bounty hunter. Um, but uh, we could be wrong. Let's see what happens in this uh, new season of The Mandalorian. So let's find out. Yep. Uh, you know, keeping with Boba, uh, I had another question uh, from Darth Vizsla on Twitter at Darth underscore Hound. Um, lots of interaction with us there on Twitter, so we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, he asked, "Do you think Boba should be a Mandalorian? Should Django have been? Should Django have been one? Was Django a Mando, and they just disavowed him? Uh, if Boba is or becomes a Mando, should he take up the never take the mask off creed? And I know you have some theories on that as well, as far as Din Djarin goes. Uh, or should he uh, never considered to be a Mando outside of that new idea? Or should he be considered a Mando outside of that new ideology?" What do you think? Yeah, uh, again, going to my theory, I don't think that the whole taking off the mask is is a Mandalorian thing. I think uh, the Mandos that found Dinjarin or rescued Dinjarin uh, when he was a little kid, um, you know, put that creed or put that, uh, I guess, that uh, call to action as far as not taking off the mask uh, to protect him. We'll see what happens. But uh, I kind of like that theory. I think uh, we're going to find out who Dejarin really is. I think he is a character of some importance. And um, the reason, there's got to be a reason that uh, they told him to hide his face because somebody is, gonna bo- is bound to recognize him. And uh, who knows who that will be um, if my theory comes to play. But um, I, I, And the other thing, too, is that I, I don't think... Your question, uh, the question is, do you think Boba Fett should be a Mandalorian? I kind of don't. I I think um, Boba Fett, uh, you know, was a bounty hunter, you know, true and true. He was obviously uh, one of the clones. But um, and I think uh, one of the Mandalorian politicians in the Clone Wars cartoon says um, that Mandalore or that uh, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. He's just a common bounty hunter. So I'm going to go with that. As far as Boba Fett's, uh, you know, affiliation to Mandalore, I think he works better if he's just kind of a standalone, you know, uh, bounty hunter guy uh, character than tied to any, you know, one particular creed or religion or uh, or faction. So I think, uh, you know, he like I said, I, I think he works well when he's on his own. He's the antithesis to uh, Han Solo you know, uh, when when Han Solo was a smuggler, a pilot, a scoundrel. So uh, I, I think uh, that that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. So I'm actually going to disagree with you on that. Uh, I think he is a Mandalorian in the Clone Wars uh, and even in Star Wars Rebels. We saw how fragmented Mandalore was at that time. Uh, we saw that, you know, there was the you know, the you know, they were based off the Spartans. You know, that's how they were developed. They were supposed to be the Spartans of the Star Wars universe. But at this time, you had this giant pacifist movement. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, groups like Death Watch and that sort of thing um, trying to go with the more traditional ways. So Mandalore was severely splintered at this point. And uh, personally, I think that's one man's uh, opinion. Uh, I think you're referring to the prime minister uh, at that time. Um, I think... You know, I think he is a Mandalorian and I think Din Djarin will help him go back to his roots. Um, so I think um, it might be a bit of a trade off that we see in season two. Uh, Boba Fett 
helping him uh, find some Jedi and perhaps Din Djarin helping him find his Mandalorian roots. Thank you for your time, Jango. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. You know, I actually like that uh, theory as far as uh, Din Djarin helping Boba Fett getting back to his Mandalorian roots, if indeed he is Mandalorian. Um, I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I got another one, uh, again, from Darth Vizsla. Uh, hash, or not hashtag, but uh, handle Darth underscore hound. And uh, this, this is a good one. We're talking about Mandalorian. We uh, obviously talked about that uh, in the previous episode. Uh, if I can read you the question, thoughts on the Expanded Universe crate versus the Mandalorian crate. Uh, he says, I never thought the old big lizard design fit with the skeleton in A New Hope. I like the Dune influence since it's already there in Star Wars. It maybe could have used some legs onto it to make it uh, less, a little less uh, directly sandworm-ish. Uh, and... Um, Somebody from Lucasfilm uh, tweeted a couple of hours ago regarding the skeleton that they used in uh, A New Hope. Um, it was used in a previous film from Disney having to do with dinosaurs. I'll look it up while you answer. But, uh, you know, you're you're really familiar with uh, a lot of the material in the expanded universe. What did you think of his question regarding uh, the Mando crate versus the e EU crate? Yeah, that, uh, you know, that that skeleton was already there, uh, I think, is the way that story goes. So they went ahead and used it. Um, personally, I prefer the old EU uh, vision of a crate dragon. Um, I like it being more of what we would normally consider to be a dragon instead of a sandworm type. Um, but, uh, you know, this was, you know, the size of it that we saw um, was still you know, mythological in, in nature. So it's still a huge beast. I'm okay with the change. Um, personally, I like what we saw before in the old comic books, the old art, uh, the old stories and, and video games and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I, I'm partial to that one, but I'm okay with the redesign. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely does match that skeleton that we saw in A New Hope a little bit better. But, you know, uh, you know, as uh, Alex from Saltonio will tell you, you know, being a dinosaur expert, you know, you don't always get a full set of uh, fossils together. So, you know, just because it was incomplete, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm okay. I prefer the EU, but I'm all right with the redesign. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. The uh, the design and the special effects of that crate dragon, uh, you know, obviously gave us a uh, uh, some tremors vibes, uh, no pun intended, but uh, it's uh, you know ten times bigger than that worm in uh, in the Kevin Bacon film. I'm sure. Literally watched uh, Tremors last night. Uh, I couldn't. I, mean, like, I, I told my son like, there, there's no way we can't watch Tremors now. You you have to understand these references that they gave. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if he enjoyed that that viewing as much as I did. Can't go wrong with Kevin Bacon, um, but. Uh, yeah, that, it was fun. And that's what counted in that episode. It was fun. You know, he caused tremors, and but he was huge. So that's cool. We have a more serious question, actually, from uh, Ollie, uh, you know, longtime fan, uh, longtime listener. And we appreciate all the interaction that Ollie uh, provides to the Scarif Scuttlebutt. He's on Twitter at Ollie. Uh, ooh, Ollie Isoms? How do you say? I don't know how you say that. Ollie, Ollie K. Sims. Anyway, it's from Ollie. 
Find, find him on. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see him. He interacts with us all the time. He's, he's Ollie. He's just Ollie. Uh, and this one has to do with the sequel trilogy, one of our favorite topics. Oh, and oh yeah. If, <laughs> if the sequel trilogy gets taken out of continuity, like the rumor has it, would you like to see any of the new characters make an appearance or wipe them out? And of course, um, he provides a, a a GIF. It's not a GIF. It's a GIF. A GIF of Palpatine wiped them out, all of them. Uh, what are your thoughts about the new characters? If you got to redo the sequel trilogy, would you keep any of those new characters that were written for the sequels? Well, Brad, let me uh, let me start out by saying, uh, you know, each and every time we get on uh, the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, you uh, never cease to amaze me. You never cease to surprise me um, with uh, with your uh, comments, your uh, your. Uh, just your, your, your wisdom. But, uh, I, I think in, in this instance, it's lack of wisdom. You, uh, you call it a GIF? I, I don't care. It's a GIF. <laughs> it was a GIF back in, in, back in the turn of the century. It's a GIF today. Now you hoity toity people want to call it GIFs because you think you're so smart. No, the damn thing's a GIF. Because my last name is Gazga, not Jazga. Oh my God. Answer the question. <laughs> So great question, Ollie. Thank you so much. Uh, and yes, uh, so here's the thing. I know, you know, tongue in cheek, we we uh, we talk. Uh, well, you know, we used to talk a lot about uh, the Last Jedi and some of the other, uh, you know, films within the um, sequel trilogy. Um, you know, which may probably be our least favorite uh, of all the Star Wars films. But here's the thing. Um, I know there's rumors out there that uh, people are clamoring for them to decanonize the sequel trilogy, and uh, I, I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think, uh, you know, we got what we got. Um, it would not be a very smart business move on, on, on Disney's part for the most part, you know, right away. But um, if in an alternate universe Disney does decanonize the sequel trilogy. I really don't have a problem with uh, with them reintroducing the characters and maybe telling the story in a different way. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed Ray. I loved Finn. I loved Poe. I think, um, you know, we discussed this um, in, a, in a previous episode, you know, Poe, uh, I'm sorry, Finn, his uh, storyline was kind of derailed. Uh, I think it really could have gone uh, in a way that we've never seen Star Wars go as far as, you know, we've got a stormtrooper that was captured by the First Order, um, you know, early in his life. He was a, he was a young lad uh, to, you know, come about and defect. It's a... Uh, it's a heavy topic, uh, defection in, in, in military ranks. Uh, this is something that obviously you know how serious it can be. And I think they definitely just glossed over it. Um, they Not only did they gloss over it, they just kind of ignored it. And I think uh, that storyline would have been 
would have been great for Finn. Would have been great for 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 the actor to kind of flex his acting, you know, chops into stormtrooper defector. Um, I think it would have been great. Uh, you know, would have, could have, should have. Uh, we're not here to uh, tell you which way to think, one way or the other. Uh, if you like all that stuff and you like the way it came out, that's fine. But uh, the question was posed to us, and uh, I would say, you know, again, I don't have a problem with the characters. Um, if they reintroduce the characters and again, in some alternate universe where, uh, you know, the world between worlds, uh, sequel trilogy doesn't exist, then I'm okay with reintroducing them. Listen carefully. If you do exactly as I say, I can get you out of here. What? This is a rescue. I'm helping you escape. Can you fly a TIE fighter? You with the resistance? What? No, no, no. I'm breaking you out. Can you fly a TIE fighter? I can fly anything. You know, I'm, I'm going to be even even more positive about it. I, I like the characters in the sequel trilogy. You know, we, we, we have our criticisms of it, um, especially the middle chapter, but the characters are great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Ray's character. You know, you can change up her backstory if you want, or keep her, you know, a Palpatine, um, you know, as you said, Poe's a great character. Finn's a great character. They could have done more with Rose had they given her, her some direction, um, you know, she wasn't introduced to the last Jedi, but, um, they could have still done more with her character. There's, you know, even Hux, you know, Hux can be annoying, but he's a, he's a zealot, uh, first order general, you know, and Snoke, there's nothing wrong with Snoke's character. I still wouldn't, I would love to see him be Plagueis again. And I don't mind them even bringing Palpatine back as they did, you know? So, um, I got no problem with the characters, as you said, and like, it's like, I, I like the characters. So I would love, you know, it's like you said, it's never going to happen. Uh, the sequel trilogy is what it is. Take it or leave it. You know, that's your choice as a Star Wars fan, uh, as with any piece of fiction. But they have too much marketing invested. You know, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge is completely based around the sequel trilogy. So the sequel trilogy is not going anywhere. But if it were redesigned, I would definitely keep at least 90 percent of the characters that they introduced in the sequels. Totally agree, totally agree. Well said. Why are you helping me? Because it's the right thing to do. But, uh, you know, of course, Ollie being Ollie has a, a somewhat less serious question as well. And that's, uh, did Max Rebo need to die? Luke was a jerk for blowing him up on the sail barge. Uh, did he actually die? What if he survived? But uh, that is kind of a sad, uh, sad uh, concept. Uh, Max Rebo, I mean... He he was just uh he was just in the band, wasn't his fault. No, but if you watch Robot Chicken, you can still get uh, Max Rebo's greatest hits, and that's all that counts. You can. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, kind of a dick move there, Luke. Pass on what you have learned: strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher. Failure is. I mean, yeah, just indiscriminatory killing, just just like the Jedi. They don't care about the collateral damage, as usual. Oh, that's another episode, Brad. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we, we we did talk about how we're gonna revisit those Jedi, <laughs> as usual. But uh, I think we have some questions for each other that we that we came up with. It's not exactly sentry mode, but, uh, you know, again, we just wanted to have fun with uh, Star Wars and the podcast here for all of you guys. Who wants to go first? 
Well, I'm going to give everybody uh, what they've been longing to hear. And you're going to hear it here first on this episode. So you're going to want to download this episode and keep it because what I'm about to ask Gro is I know you've been you've, you've been wanting it for a long time and we're finally going to hear it. He's going to be on record. Oh, my God. What is your favorite moment of The Last Jedi? The greatest teacher failure is. What is my favorite moment of The Last Jedi? And this is the question that you chose for me. Yes. How dare you, sir? This is madness. <laughs> so, um, as everyone knows, The Last Jedi is my least favorite, not only Star Wars movie, but just a uh, movie in general. But, um, you know, one of the things that I do remember that was so awesome um, uh, in The Last Jedi when I f saw it uh, the first time uh, in the theaters with buddies, I remember my jaw dropping when uh, they did the uh, Holdo maneuver and uh, QU saying, hey -o! <laughs> But... Uh, <laughs> The uh, it, it was uh, it was really cool uh, the way they uh, did that the silence first of all the spectacle of the ship you know flying through uh, the destruction in slow motion you got uh, all those capital ships just kind of flying apart uh, that super wide shot in space uh, silence when you realize uh, it it really does take you a moment to absorb that image uh, to try to figure out what just happened. And there's absolute silence for a few seconds. Yeah, the Holden maneuver for the Last Jedi, uh, for me that that was uh, that was pretty hot, man. Yeah, to me it was uh, almost reminiscent of the Sonic Imploder, which uh, you know, to me, uh, Attack of the Clones and the Last Jedi always go neck and neck for my least favorite of you know all the movies but that moment with the sonic imploder also where it goes silent and then every and you know that beautiful sound effect that it had with it and all the asteroids just get wrecked uh, to me it was a throwback to that and very reminiscent of that so yeah that that was a quite a sight to see and we want to just and we just want to say thank you ben bird for all the wonderful work that you do and uh, not that he's listening, but uh, as Star Wars fans and as a technical geek myself, uh, you know, from learning about uh, him tapping with a piece of metal, a high wire tension line to create uh, laser beam sounds. I still remember that, um, you know, and I still remember doing that with my my friend uh, Rich back in high school. Every time we pass that uh, that telephone line, we'll just run over into run over to that pole and just hit it with the, with whatever it is that we had. Uh, and, uh, you can definitely, you know, hear the, I love that. So kudos to you for that. And, uh, it's funny that we're giving him kudos for silence, but <laughs> it, uh, definitely works out, man. All right. What you got for me? Okay. This is a kind of a tongue in cheek question, but I still want to ask it uh, anyways. Uh, as you know, I love these technical questions. Um, how far apart are pre-torments environmental GX8 water vaporators supposed to be in position from one another in order to collect the maximum amount of condensation from the Tatooine atmosphere? And your uh, choices are 200 meters, 250 meters, 300 meters, or 100 meters. Go. Wait a minute. You said this wasn't sentry mode. 
And you gonna you gonna come out with some moisture evaporators? <laughs> hey, you just said get some questions, so that's my question. <laughs> um, let's see. We'll go with two hundred and fifty. You know, you must have Googled it because uh, that is correct. <laughs> so the uh, when, when optimally positioned at 250 meters from one another, each device could collect one and a half liters or one and a half quarts of water from the air per day, even when the relative humidity was only 1.5% on Tatooine. So uh, it's uh, one of those technologies, uh, fictional technologies that for me has always uh, intrigued me because, you know, you sit on a hot day uh, in the backyard or on the deck and you've got, you know, you've got a bottle of beer sitting on the counter and what does it do? It starts to sweat. So I'm thinking that is so cool. That is kind of like the same technology as far as what these moisture evaporators on, on Tatooine do. They extract uh, moisture from the air and allow the water to be collected. And I, I think that's really cool. I, I think, uh, again, just being a, a technology freak, uh, it, it's just it gets my it gets my brain going. And I uh, th these are the things that keep me up at night, Brad. Yeah. And what? <laughs> I'm not sure where you, I mean, I knew that because because it's common knowledge, but I'm not sure where you even got that information. But just the fact that they came up with the idea of a moisture farmer. Now, I don't, in, in our universe, I don't, I mean, I guess there's sort of similar things to it uh, in places where there's less. Uh, but for them to come up with a concept of pe people being full-time moisture farmers, I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're going to, you know, it's not like selling ice to, to Eskimos. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. water would have been uh, pretty pretty well needed on on Tatooine. So uh, I don't know why you need so many droids to help you out with that sort of thing, but uh, I, I guess you do. Automation is always good, man. Yep. Uh, so uh, unless unless you're a, unless you're a car maker, I guess. I'm sorry about that, Detroit. Right. Uh, I got one more question for you. Uh, not Sentry mode, as you did to me, but. Uh, <laughs> Who would you rather see on the big screen, Revan or Bane? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I'm uh, I'm a little more familiar with Bane than I am Revan. And I know, uh, you know, Revan, I, I guess they both have some really great backstories. Um, but, uh, you know, if Bane was voiced by the great uh, Mark Hamill, I would definitely love to see uh, Bane pop up on the big screen. I think, uh, you know, I didn't get my Mark Hamill fix in the uh, sequel trilogy uh, the way I wanted to. So any any opportunity to get uh, Mark back uh, on the big screen, uh, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that was him at first uh, in that episode. It, you know, that was one of the episodes of the lost season of uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, but then I got that Sith holocron that had, you know, has Bane's voice in it, those lines from that show. Went, oh, my God, that is him. And that is amazing. His his voice talent. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. he, he, he's a talented actor, but his voice talent is just unreal. Absolutely. Getting chills just uh, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he he sold those lines of being a, I, I don't know, uh, encapsulated Sith in in, in a holocron. He, he yeah. did really well. Absolutely. So yeah, Bane, Mark Hamill.
That's that's a tough one for me. You know, I um, I think which one would be more appropriate to see on on the big screen? I think that would be Bain uh, because obviously there's still references to him. Uh, not really too much uh, in canon references to Revan as much as we love him. Those of us that played uh, KOTOR and uh, the SWOTOR series. Um, but I think it'd be more appropriate to see Bane on the big screen. Why do you come to my tomb, Jedi? To learn. Do you know who I am? Yes, Darth Bane, the ancient Sith Lord, you are. And know why I am not forgotten? Created the rule of two, you did. I think you're right. I think uh, Bane has uh, more of a connection to the original trilogy as, uh, you know, the creator of the Rule of Two. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it might connect to uh, to even casual fans since, uh, you know, it's, you know, part of, I guess, the Force lore. Uh, it's part of, uh, you know, the, the rules of the Sith, if you were. So... Um, you know, Revan, I think, uh, is a character that you'd have to do a lot more explaining, uh, as far as who he is and who he, uh, turned out to be, um, within the, uh, expanded universe. But, uh, yeah, uh, Darth Bane, um, would probably be more appropriate, like you said, for a big screen premiere. Yeah. Any, uh, any old Republic content we can get, I think we'd all be happy with. And speaking of, uh, Sith, I know we got, a, a an episode in the works, uh, regarding the, uh, Sith and the afterlife. I really can't uh, wait to get, uh, our deep dive hands into that one. Um, we'll, uh, make sure to tell you guys when we do that one, but, uh, that's going to be a good one. Oh yeah. There's a uh, one throwaway line there in, in the, uh, the rise of Skywalker where he talks about, you know, dark magic and, you know, you know what the what the Sith do and how could Palpatine come back? Um, very very quick line, but uh, uh, amazing potential for conversation. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Awesome, awesome. All right, I got uh, I got a uh, another question for you, Brad, and it's kind of a part two a, a, a part two type of question. Um, first of all, I want, uh, I want your opinion as far as, uh, the following. Um, I, I think we are, but, uh, I just want to ask you personally, Brad, do you think that you and I are a force dyad? <laughs> uh, well, I assume that's rhetorical in nature. <laughs> Why? Well, because you said I'm the butt to your scuttle, so <laughs> how could that be unless we were, in fact, a forced dyad? That is absolutely correct. Oh, was, oh I didn't know that was actually a knowledge <laughs> question. Yes. But, uh, no, speaking of forced dyads, you know, I, I thought I read this somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the new stories coming our way in the form of Project Luminous uh, state that we might be um, experiencing some new storylines that will allow us to view the Force in a different way, uh, a different way than we're used to. Uh, what are your general feelings about that statement? I mean, you know, I, we got people and fans that were bent out of shape when the midichlorians came about, but uh, you're talking about coming in and changing the way that we see the Force. Um, riots in the streets, cats and dogs living together. What is going to happen when Project Luminous comes to, 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 to bear on us uh, simple fans here. What do you think? 
the problem people had with midichlorians, uh, probably myself included, was it demystified the force, right? It was this, it was this, you know, uh, you know, Yoda talks about how we're luminous beings, not crude matter. Um, and then suddenly it was some bacteria that lived in your body and it spoke to you and you could speak back to the bacteria and they could talk to the force and so on and so forth. And it demystified that. Uh, I am particularly not too keen on the force. It's always fun to see the force used in new ways that we haven't seen. Um, you know, that's what made the force unleashed video game. So cool. We saw the force being used in, in ways. I, I really don't want it broken down too much, uh, too much explanation given to it um, or any sort of things. I don't want anything from the original trilogy or even the prequel trilogy at this point to, to be changed as far as what we know of the force. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant on that, but, uh, I'll, I'll wait to see. I'll be patient on it. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I like the fact that, uh, the force was this mystical energy. There was kind of no explanation. Uh, you know, it, it goes a long way and it kind of parallels, you know, real world, uh, you know, belief in, in, in whatever faith you have, it's uh, it's something that, you know, people believe in their hearts and minds and uh, to demystify the force is kind of, um, you know, I, I guess it does disservice to that uh, that energy that we're all uh, familiar with. Um, you know, the only thing that I would have to say is that, uh, you know, if you if you fly a, a, a jet over a village who's never seen a flying, you know, airplane before, you know, they're going to think it's magic, but, uh, you on the plane, you want, you understand that it's technology. You understand, uh, how, you know, flight, flight works. Um, so that, that's the only, that's the only way that I can kind of equate, uh, kind of introducing new, uh, lore to the force that uh, goes along the lines of the midichlorians, the, uh, you know, the bacteria talking back and forth to you, um, but we'll see what happens, you know, we'll, uh, I guess we'll, you know, kind of cross our fingers to see if maybe we get more force lore. I know, you know, I, I, I was talking to Andrew and Marisha about the force a while ago, and we, uh, definitely love the fact that we get introduced to new concepts and new, uh, I, ideas, uh, when it comes to the force, uh, in these movies, uh, you know, we get new force powers, we get new perspectives. And I guess, that's similar in life, you know, when whatever it is, if it's religion or a concept, uh, ideology, you know, you, you start to get um, new discussions about that. And, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, uh, if we lived in our own bubble where we thought the same thing as everybody that that, that liked us, yeah, we'd be in trouble. It, it's uh, it's kind of a good way to to, you know, open our minds and, and, and figure things out uh, from a different point of view, as they say. But um you know, again, I'm not a big reader, but I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Project Luminous has to offer as far as Force lore. I know we've got some, uh, you know, composite drawings of some new characters, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, looking forward to it overall. Yeah, and we did, uh, you know, as, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the, the book that came out, I want to say last year uh, or the year before, uh, about that uh, the, the kid who could, uh, you know, touch uh, items um and uh see their see their history um you know other jedi have had that power as well uh psychometry is what they they call it um 
but uh, Quinlan Voss uh, has that power as well. Uh, and that was, you know, he went on this entire trek trying to discover things about the Jedi uh, through this ability, uh, you know, known as, like I said, psychometry. Um, and, you know, it might actually be interesting because I think we're set 200 years before the original trilogy with the High Republic uh, content. Uh, it might actually be interesting to see how much knowledge they lost, actually, between that mm. period and the original trilogy, because with the dark side clouding everything, as you said, the Sith have been working on this for a thousand years uh, with the dark side clouding everything. It might be interesting to see how much knowledge or understanding of the force they had lost by that time period. So it could be interesting. Wow. Yeah. That uh, come to think of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I never thought of that. Uh, you know, we, we talk about how knowledge has been lost uh, through the you know time and ages uh, you know, people think that aliens built the pyramids in Egypt, but, uh, you know, we, we, we the jury's still out as they say, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be pretty exciting to see what, uh, what those books have to offer. I, for one, am excited to see what else we can find out about the force. You know, it's, we, we talk about the, we talk about the wars and, uh, the battles, but yeah, when, when it comes down to it, that's what it's all about is, is the force. Uh, the Jedi, the Sith, and, uh, you know, how we're all connected in, in this universe. But uh, we hope everybody has enjoyed our Tatooine hot takes. You know, it's, it can't always be deep conversation. As Rose said, we like to have those lunch table conversations, bring our action figures and, and talk about who would beat who and uh, what's our favorite planet to live on and Rose's favorite moments of The Last Jedi. And, you know, just light talk <laughs> like that. So we hope you've enjoyed it. As always, uh, you can, if you have any questions for us, uh, hit us up on Twitter and uh, you can use the hashtag AskTeamScarif and we'll be happy to answer those on air. Absolutely. Uh, Brad, I had one more question for you, if you don't mind. Uh, really interested in uh, hearing this uh, for you, but uh, I'll answer it too. But I wanted to ask you first, uh, do you have any Star Wars fantasies that don't involve Ula from Jabba's Palace or Duchess Satine, a disco and a death stick on the beaches of Cantobite? No. <laughs> I mean, if you lived in the Star Wars universe, is, uh, what, uh, I guess, what occupation or what would you, what would you, how would you live? Um, well, given what I've done in real life, I would probably be in the Imperial Navy. Um, and, uh, I'd be stationed on a star destroyer, probably unhappy with life, uh, missing my family back home. And I, I don't think it, you know, everybody would love to say bounty hunter and that sort of thing. No, no, I ain't like that. You know, I'd, I'd be a proud member of the Imperial Navy, just, uh, trying to keep law and order in a chaotic galaxy. And, uh, you know, I'd be happy with it because I wouldn't know that the emperor was an evil bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's uh, the Imperial Navy or our United States Navy, I want to thank you for your service, and I appreciate uh, all the work that you do when you're out and deployed protecting this great empire of ours. But uh, thank you very much uh, for answering that question. Uh, well said, well said. Of course, and I assume you'll be working for the Holonet News Network. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I'll be working for the Hollow News Network. Uh, you say the 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 thing about the bounty hunters, but I, I think I would be kind of like a bounty hunter. I like being you know solo. I like being independent, uh, doing my own thing, and uh, it's it's. I think it's a it's a cool thing. Yeah, and if uh, 
you know, when I retired from the Imperial Navy, I think, you know, being some sort of teacher, some sort of professor in the Star Wars universe would be, you know, talking about uh, I'd, I'd love to be a galactic history professor in the Star Wars universe. I think that would be amazing. Maybe we can both get jobs over with uh, Rob at the Jedi Temple Archives. We can start to teach the younglings. Yeah, if he's hiring, I don't think we're on the short list. So. <laughs> awesome. That was it. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this Tatooine Hot Takes episode. Just having a little fun answering some viewer questions, some uh, listener questions, some Twitter questions, and uh, having a lot of fun. Did you have fun, Brad? Oh, yeah. Hope to do this more often. Until next time, this is Ro on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And who else? Me. I'm Brad. And that's the scuttlebutt. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there.